I was pounding the pavement just looking for a job and I got in the chemical industry by working for the president of the chemical division of the large company. He kept answering the phone during the interview and I just kept popping up and going out front to take messages and bringing them back to him. So I was already starting to work for this guy. He was getting ready to pick up the phone and I said, look, if you'll hire me, I can save five years off your life. He hired me. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there and plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for folks just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Well, I can't believe it, but the end of summer is here, and to help us get back into the swing of things, going back to school and getting ready for fall, I have an amazing guest today. It is Donna Fujimoto-Cole the president and CEO of Coal Chemical and Distributing. But before I get to my friend Donna, let's close out the summer talking a little bit about your brand. Now, I'm on my way back to California after spending some fun in the sun working and playing in Hawaii. And it made me think your vacation says a lot about your brand. Now, I'm not just talking about your choice of vacation. I'm really talking about what you choose to do on vacation. Now, quite simply, I travel all over the world and everything to me is a combination of work and play and exploration. But even when I go to a relaxing place like Hawaii, I'm not just sitting on the beach or sleeping in and reading a book on the lanai. No, that's not my brand. You know what I'm doing? I have a chock full schedule of activities, which is going to some of the most fabulous places to dine and eat throughout the islands, like my favorite Merriman's in Maui and Star Noodle and heading over to the beautiful Plumeria House Without a Key over on Waikiki in Honolulu, right? For me, it's all about that jet set feel of how Hawaii used to be, right? That I remember as a kid when my dad used to bring my family back over to visit all of our relatives getting on a big 747 United Jumbo Jet, right? My vacation style is all about that jet set and making sure that I've got my classic Aloha shirts and all of my outfits all planned out. And you know what? I'm all about those activities. So while some of my friends are just chilling at the pool all day long. You know what? I was like, I need to go snorkeling. I'm taking hula lessons. I'm making lays. I am going hiking and getting up in the morning and walking all the way through the lava rock down to the beach because that's who I am. 
am, right? I'm dynamic and I'm all of those showman elements, right? In fact, I was performing my hula moves for everyone at the beautiful Montage Kapalua Bay where I was staying. So I always ask you to think about what type of car you would be, but I want you to think back about where you spent your vacation this summer and extrapolate what that says about your brand. How does it help you come up with your adjectives and descriptors that ultimately become the base of your brand attribute tailwinds? How does how you choose to relax and enjoy your vacation talk about how you are year-round and all the time as a brand. Now, speaking of great brands, I have an amazing executive brand joining us today. It is the fabulous Donna Fujimoto Cole, who is the president and chief executive officer of Cole Chemical and Distributing Inc. Now, I met Donna way back about five years ago when I was facilitating an offsite for the Center for Asian Pacific American Women, of which she is on the board of directors. And I immediately knew she She was an amazing leader, and I've been dying to get her on the show. Now, after four years in the chemical industry, Donna founded Cole Chemical way back in 1980 at the age of only 27. In fact, she was divorced at the time with a four-year-old daughter, and with $5,000 in savings and some great encouragement from chemical buyers over at Exxon, Shell, Monsanto, and DuPont, she started a certified minority and women-owned business to help them meet their government purchasing goals. Now, over the past 40 years, Donna has received recognition for leadership and mentoring others with awards from the U.S. Small Business Administration and the Department of Commerce's Minority Business Development Agency. She recently was awarded the Japanese Imperial Decoration of the Order of the Rising Sun Silver Rays for her contribution to promote regional exchange and mutual understanding between Japan and the United States. Now, in addition to running a big company, Donna has served on many national and regional boards and currently serves as a trustee of the Rockwell Fund, of course, on the board of the Center for Asian Pacific American Women, the National Veterans Network, and the Women's Home and Capital Campaign for the Asian Health Coalition. We'll be back in just a few moments with Donna Fujimoto Cole. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we are back. I am here with a fabulous guest today. It is Donna Fujimoto Cole, the president and CEO of Cole Chemical and Distributing Incorporated. Donna, what is going on? Hi, it's a great day and I'm so glad to be here with you. I can't wait to share. Yes. Well, Donna, I'm so excited because we met each other. Wow. It's almost been five years at one of the board of directors meetings for the Center for Asian Pacific American Women. And I've been dying to have you on. Oh, that's great. Because, you know, there was something about you and I when we met. There was an instant connection from my end. I don't know if that was from your end, Jason. No, we had the spark going. 
Okay, great. So Donna, talk to me. Um, tell me when you first introduce yourself to people, how do you explain who you are and what it is that you do? Oh my God. I first start out with, I'm a Japanese American, third generation. I was uh, raised in South Texas, but born in Colorado. Uh, so my parents moved me down to Mission, Texas, and I was in school and bullied. And uh, I, I like to start that way because I think people can understand that, you know, you move from one place to another, you're in an area and you're not liked for whatever reason. Right. Yeah. And so how do you how do you live with that? How do you overcome it? And so that's how I start uh, with who I am and that I was 27 when I started my company. Yeah. And I was divorced and I had five grand and Tammy was four years old. Wow. So um, it was Quite interesting. People ask me, did you intend to start your own business? And the answer is no. I was asked to start my own business because I was already in the chemical industry, right? For four yeah. years. And, and the companies that I did business with were very large companies, Monsanto, DuPont, Exxon, Shell. And they liked the way I did business. I was honest and tried to be very forthright with um, information and being responsive. And, you know, this minority purchasing program came along with the U.S. government. So if they had a contract that was worth more than 500000 they had to have a small um, business minority-owned subcontracting program. So they were out looking for companies to do business with. And, you know, you can only buy so many pens and pieces of paper, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, But if you bought chemicals, you know, it's a bigger dollar ticket and it's repetitive every month and they could meet their uh, purchasing goals with the federal government on their contracts. And so they had asked me to start. So I was very lucky, Jason. I was in the right place at the right time, you know. Yeah. And I mean, this is way back in the very early 80s, right? So, yeah, so it doesn't, 1980. It, 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 it's not as easy as I'm sure it sounds uh, today where we're also versed in supplier diversity and, and procurement. But Donna, so talk to me. What is What were you doing that the folks over at Exxon and Shell and Monsanto and DuPont were like knocking at your door to start a business? So to, how did you even get into the chemical business to begin with? Oh, gosh, I was pounding the pavement just looking for a job. And I got in the chemical industry by working for the president of the chemical division of the large company. He kept answering the phone during the interview. And I just kept popping up and going out front to take messages and bringing them back to him. So I was already <laughs> starting to work for this guy. He was getting ready to pick up the phone. And I said, look, if you'll hire me, I can save five years off your life. Mm. He hired me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so after that, you know, it was the late 70s. People were drinking a lot, playing golf and all. And and he did that. And it gave me the opportunity to learn the business, buying chemicals, selling them, doing the financials, collecting bills, invoicing the whole nine yards. Yeah. And, you know, he would say, if I can't help you, go call so-and-so mm. because he knows everything about caustic soda. And this guy knows everything about methanol. And I did. And, you know, Jason, what I learned was if you ask for help, people will help you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. People are really good about that. And so um, that's how I came to be in sales and then start talking to customers and shipping products and managing the tank car fleet. But um, it was in a great opportunity for me. And these companies asked me to start my business. Right. Yeah. But they had some requirements. Mm. So 
I need There's to always hire, strings, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so I needed to hire minorities and women. Yeah. I needed to give back to community. Mm. I need to put iron in the ground and I need to have a commitment to grow. And so those were their requirements. And still today, I, th- I think about them uh, often. Right. Yeah. But um, so so I didn't really want to start my own business, but they encouraged me to do it. And I had a mentor. Right. We all need mentors. We all yeah. need sponsors. And this mentor said to me, why not? So that's what I do to people now when they say, well, I want to do this, but I'm not sure I'm going. Well, why not do it? You know, <laughs> all, all you can do is fail. And you learn yeah. from through your failures and you start up again. Right? Yeah. And so I did. And um, he said, besides that, you know, um, I used to tell people when I started in the business, they let me own 3% of the company. Okay. And yeah. then I bought uh, 26% of the company because we started a distributorship from our trading company. Yeah. And uh, there was uh, a big Japanese company in town who was buying a terminal. And we thought, geez, you know, they need a, a distributor. Mm. So we went to them and uh, they said, yeah, sure. So we sat at the table. We were negotiating. And at the end, uh, the last page was stock distribution page. And they ne- left my name off. Mm. And I said, Yoshi, my name's not on here. He said, oh, Donna, we can't let you own stock. You're a woman. But worst of all, you're a Japanese American woman. And what? we can't let you own stock. Yeah. What? So, you know, I think back to those times and I think, gosh, you know, I could have sued and be a billionaire. I could be in the Bahamas right now instead of talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> but you love helping people. That's the I difference. I do. I do. And so I looked at him and I said, well, as far as I'm concerned, the meeting's over. And I got up to walk out and my two partners walked out with me, a Hispanic guy and a white guy. And I tell that story. And I said, you know, that was so great of them to support me. Yeah. And and Bob, my mentor, said, are you crazy? <laughs> he said, they had to walk out. You were doing all the work. <laughs> <laughs> so I went, oh, yeah. Okay, I need to change the way I tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> So Donna, tell me you, so, so you go in, you launch this business, you've got these huge customers. What was the biggest challenge for you moving from working for somebody else to being the person in charge of a business? Boy, that's a good question. Okay. So one was the name of the company. Yeah. Okay. That was, and you know, I want people to realize that you have to look at trends and what's going on in the marketplace. And at that point in time, there was a lot of Japan bashing, mm. right? And uh, things in Japan weren't of quality. Mm, uh, yeah. So I decided not to call it Fujimoto or Fuji Chemical, right? Yeah. Um, so I called it Coal Chemical. And I was divorced and I had Tammy and, you know, I didn't want to change my name and have a different name than she did. Yeah. So um, I used cold chemical and it took me a full night thinking about different mm. names. Right. But the other was, where do you have a business? Right. Where are you going to start up? I think nowadays it's okay to start in your home. Yeah. Back then it was not okay to start yeah. in your home. You had to have a physical facility. So that's the other thing is to be aware of what's going on. And what's appropriate or inappropriate, right? Yeah. In business. And 
What do you want to show? So I had a friend in the real estate business and they let me have a, an office desk and their phone <laughs> system, their copier machine, everything. So it was great, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I told you I had a daughter who was four. So, you know, uh, that daycare, boy, if you hit past 630, you're paying out the wazoo, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, in overtime. And so um, I had neighbors who would pick up Tammy from daycare and take care of her until I came home. So in that way, I was very fortunate as well. And then yeah. Tammy spent the summers with my parents so I could actually go out and make sales calls. So all of my customers knew that I was a mom. Yeah. mom, And it was okay for the, for me at that point in time not to see them. And now you have Zoom. Isn't that yeah, wonderful? Exactly. Right. See how things have changed. <laughs> it's, it's so great. But there is nothing worse than hugging somebody. Right. Yeah. 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 Now, Donna, t- talk to me. I know you had Tammy, right? You're 27 years old. You have like 5,000 bucks in, in, in your pocket. I know your mentor said, Hey, what do you have to lose? You know, jump in and start your own business. But when you were thinking that night, like what were, what was the thing that got you over the hurdle personally to say, wow, I can actually take on this risk as a mom, right? As someone who's, who's fairly young, right? In, in the industry, what helped you have the confidence to just say, man, I'm going to do this? I had great customers who said, look, we'll pay you in 15 days so Mm. you can pay your bills to help you with cash flow. I had customers who said, you can help us start up these new plants so you can sell us a barge of this product and that product. I had one customer who said, "Um, I'll buy from you on the pipeline Mm. and just send us a meter ticket at the end of the month. And I, the biggest challenge at the time was supply and credit. Yeah. Right. So I had uh, some supply credit wasn't an issue until after the third month in business. Can you imagine? Yeah. And Shell says, oh, you need to pay for that last tank car you bought before we're going to sell you another tank car. Mm. I went, ooh, I forgot about credit limits. Mm. Yeah. So and I also had to use my mentor, Jay Zen, at the time. Um, the guys didn't want to sell to me. So I had to ask Bob to go buy product from this company for me. He sold it to me and I sold it to our customers. Mm. Yeah, that was tough. You know, you had to figure out ways to get business done. I also was, I had the foresight with the bank to say, you know, set up an account uh, that's separate than our operating account and let this money flow in from uh, Union Carbide and um, you know, we're going to sell it to Shell and I'll tell you how much the invoice is and you can get a copy of it. I'll be very transparent and you'll know how much to send to Shell and how much money we're supposed to get in, et cetera. And uh, that happened for one month. And then she came <laughs> back to me, this banker, and she says to me, we can't do this anymore. Uh, this is um, a, an accounting nightmare because if something happens, you're going to make us responsible and we can't be responsible. Yeah. So imagine that was 1980. Today, there is such a thing as a lockbox where banks will do that. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. There's, and there's a huge uh, supplier financing agreements. And so it's amazing. Uh, so okay, I have to tell you, later on in life, she did want to do business with me. And I said, no. <laughs> Ooh. I know. Mm. I, 
so that was my way to get even, I guess. You could say. <laughs> <laughs> so Donna, talk to me 40 years later, right? 42 plus years later, what's changed in the business and, and how have you grown as an executive leading, uh, leading your, your company? Yeah. So, you know, you go through a lot of iterations. One was, do you want to be the biggest? And then, uh, you realize, oops, you know, it takes a lot to be the biggest. So now you have to decide where you're going to play. Yeah. Uh, what's your market? What's your product lines? Uh, where do you have risk? What are you willing to, to risk out there? And so today, you know, we've, we've honed ourselves down into our contracts. We're not trying to be everything to everybody. Yeah. You know, we, we, we were doing that at one point in time, but, um, I think businesses go through that and you have to decide at some point you want to start buying other businesses, which we did yeah, and, and to grow that way or um, starting out another division, another product line. And we did that as well. And so now, you know, I'm, I'm coming to my sunset years yeah, and uh, I, I just sold 40% of the business this year to my mentors company. Wow. And Congratulations. Yeah, I, I'm very excited about it because then I could be chairman of the board and I could still talk to customers and suppliers, but I don't have to be in the day to day anymore. Right. Yeah. And, and that's really where I want to be now because I love giving back and, and I love helping other people. Yeah. And so Donna, one of the threads that I hear all the way from your early years to even what you want to focus on now is that you love working with your customers. So, so tell me, you know, how did you sort of hone your ability to provide, you know, great customer service and have these great relationships that even, you know, I'm assuming were the foundation for why your customers wanted you to start the business in the first place? Yeah. So at one point in time, you know, there was a lot of drinking, a lot of um, golfing going around. Yeah. And so, you know, I said, if, if you could go out and play golf for four hours with one person in that same amount of time, I could see four people. Right. <laughs> and then it was about um, answering the phone. A lot yeah. of people were going to voicemails and whatnot and you get, get caught in this circle and not really getting to where you wanted to be or placing orders. And so, you know, I had this thing about me to say, you have to answer the phone within four rings and uh, you have to get back to somebody within 30 seconds, you know, so, so all these rules, right. And no, you have to be here at the office. And now all those rules are out the window, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but they worked at the time, right. That, they that worked was the at magic. the time. Yeah. And even today people have to test their system. I test my system to see if it's working because sometimes there's a lightning uh, storm and it's off of the voicemail system. Um, and, you know, making sure that people are getting back um, to our customers in time. So it's really important that responsiveness, right? Because if you don't hear from somebody, you don't think they're doing anything. Mm, exactly. So, so Donna, let's talk a little bit about your brand as an executive. So give me three words that, that you would use or people would use to describe Donna Fujimoto Cole. Well, you know, when you first say that, Jason, I think of physical brand, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So physical brand, I used to wear brooches yeah. and I would wear a different brooch all the time. So people would recognize it. And then I, I wore my hair different, right? I had this like a friend of mine, Kay, she has a little white streak right in the front yeah. and black. Um, 
So, so that was the physical side. So, so you want to do both, right? The physical side. And then what is the esoteric side that people think of you? So, um, people think of me as a connector, Mm. um, and that I know a lot of people and that I can help them. Um, I don't know how I got that, but it's amazing how many people will call me and say, geez, you know, I'd like to talk to you about this or that, or, you know, I'm thinking about changing jobs. What do you think? And I always, you know, I always have to take them through strength finder and I got to see your resume. Yeah. 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 So people definitely describe you as a connector. What are are two other things that people describe you as? Uh, Somebody who wants to help. Yeah. So if uh, you give me a, a situation, I will help you solve it or introduce you to people who can help you get to where you want to go. Um, What else do they know about me? Oh, that it's hard for me to say no. (laughs) Right. Uh, Give me a project and I'm on it. Let's, let's get it done. Yeah. 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 No, Donna. So I love this, you know, like you're known as a connector, someone that is there to help people and, and, uh, and someone who, who doesn't say no or take no for an answer. Now, have, have these always been attributes that people have known you for, or are they things that have maybe evolved over time for you? I think they evolved over time for me, probably in the last 20 years more so. Yeah. But they do know that I have wide finger webs out there, uh, whether it's in housing, education, nonprofits. Um, it's yeah, very interesting. The veterans and, uh, you know, so I am in a lot of things, the Holocaust Museum. Yeah. And, and more. Yeah. Um, it's been a great life. Um, and a lot of it, too, has come from people that I've met along the way in leadership programs, like where mm. I met you. Right. Yeah. So being on boards is so important. Nonprofit boards, as well as paying boards or even foundations. Um, it's a great place to expand uh, your network, your knowledge. Uh, you learn so much about people and projects. Yeah. And so talk to me about, I love that you, you say that you love to help people, right? And, and that, that's, I think, part of what our connection was, right? And that was in, in your service of, of, of helping the community. Talk to me as a business person. How does this orientation towards help sort of support and define you as someone that people want to work with when I feel like so much of business culture is about not helping people, right? Yeah. Or, or it's about kind of being very self-centered. And certainly, you know, we remember back in the 80s, everything was like, greed is good. And like, it was just all about the bottom line. So how do you balance this like natural instinct to help people with still being a great business person? You know, I think it it comes from... um the business requirement in my beginning was that you need to get back to community. And I Mm. really took that to heart and I took that to heart because I was bullied as a kid, right? I used to hide underneath the teacher's desk uh, at recess and then taking my dad's 442 army book to show he was in the U S army and that I was a U.S. citizen as well. Um, So I could have grown up mean and angry and resentful. And I didn't, I did the opposite was, that I wanted people to like me. I wanted them to get to know me, but I had to first get to know them. Yeah. And in doing that, then I could find out what I could do to help you to be a friend. Right. And so I do that in business. 
Um, so, you know, you have lots of customers, lots of suppliers who want to support this nonprofit or that nonprofit. Yeah. And so, so you do that um, because it's good for business, right? Yeah. But on the other end, you know, this whole notion about ESG now, right? Mm. Environmental, uh, social and governance is that it's really important that we do look at um, equity and uh, inclusion across the board in all areas and not just because it's a business thing, right? It is good for business in the bottom line, but it's also it's good for the soul. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's the right the thing to do and the right thing for business, right? Yeah. Come together. And, and Donna, it sounds like, I mean, you do so much, uh, volunteer work, right? Leveraging your skills. You talked about boards. Of course, we know you're on the board of the Center for Asian Pacific American Women, which is where we met. Uh, you're involved with ISM Houston and the, the Veterans Network. And it sounds like last year you received the Japanese Imperial Decoration of the Order of the Rising Sun. Tell me about that. This sounds like a huge award. It was, uh, gosh, you know, so blessed, but, you know, I've been instrumental in bridging the gap between the U.S. and Japan in terms of business and culture. And um, I tell you, one day there was a judge and she said to me, this was back in 1995. Yeah. She said, Donna, she said, you forgot who you are. I'm like, what? What? She says, yeah. She says, you don't know your roots. Mm. and your culture she said you have assimilated so well you're you, you think you're white right wow yeah i'm like uh she said so you have to go to the center for asian pacific american women and go through the poly leadership program mm. and it was very powerful uh there were women from all different asian ethnicities right and what did we have in common we ate rice we ate noodles uh, we all like food. Uh, we were so respectful of our parents. And we all talked about how being quiet was the right thing to do, right? Yeah. Children should be seen and not heard. Yeah. Um, so, and, and we always wanted to do what our parents wanted in that respect. So it was very interesting for me because then after that, I went through the American Leadership Forum, right? Mm. So both of those, and I was also um, an executive uh I would say probably nine years, nine years of the executive program at Amos Tech School of Business. I yeah. love learning yeah. and it was great for me. But those, those were tipping points in my life that mm. said I did need to realize who I was. And so yeah. I started that path down Japan, right? And then the yeah. U.S. Japan Council sent me to Japan. Jason, I was 52 years old the first time I went to Japan. Wait, what? Yeah. How is this yeah. possible? <laughs> so um, it was and, great. Yeah. What was it like the first time you went to Japan being a Japanese American? It was so strange. Right? <laughs> they all looked like me. And um, when I got off the plane, they know you're not them. The way you walk, the way you dress. And I realized on my way back on the airplane that I was lost. I wasn't mm. American because this face, people treat me different, right? Because of that. Mm -hmm. And when I go to Japan, they don't think I'm Japanese. Mm. So what am I? Right. Yeah. And that was the time I realized that I could be the connector of the two. Right? Yeah. I can live in this world at home in the U.S. and I can go to Japan and feel at home. 
So that's why I started doing a lot with the U.S. Japan Council, connecting young people from Japan here and vice versa, people here back to Japan um, and getting involved with the Japan America Society, Asia Society and the U.S. Japan Council. Wow. Wow. And then we and then we had to educate people right about the Japanese Americans in the U.S. and what they went through during World War Two. And so so that's been great, too, because. Then now I'm uh, close to the Holocaust Museum because there were Japanese American soldiers who liberated Jews out of yeah. the camps, sub camps of Dachau. And they didn't know that. Mm. And I have pictures and uh, met some of the Japanese veterans that went abroad. And they're so cute. They're so tiny, these little guys, right? But unfortunately, they've all gone now. They're, they've mm. passed. Yeah. But, um, you know, the Holocaust Museum asked me, um, the chairman said, can you find me a boxcar? I went, a boxcar? He said, yeah, that was used during World War II where they brought, you know, Jews to these camps. And I went, I don't know. I'll try. Yeah. Right? He says, well, you must because you probably do business with German companies. And I said, well, of course I do. I started calling them. Nothing. So then Bob, my mentor, says to me, why don't you call Gene Zyre at Gulf Chemical? I went, yeah, I'll call him. I called him. He said, y'all, 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 you know, uh, <laughs> I'll try. So he did. And I'll be darned. He found two box cars, right? Wow. We had them authenticated. We had them brought over. I presented an invoice to the chairman, uh, $5,000. And he said, he looked at me. He says, Donna, really? Can you cover it? Can you pay for this? <laughs> Oh my God, I melted, right? <laughs> so I paid for the car, but you know what? The people that I got involved, it took millions, a million dollars to get that car over here. Wow. We had to have it authenticated. We had to have it uh, repaired. We had to pick it up on a crane and put it on a track on a flatbed, take it to the airport, put it on that big airplane. Um, there's only a few left now because the Russians have blown them up in Ukraine, oh, um, no. the Ananon. So uh, it came over and BP paid for the fuel. We had um, Mesa Petroleum. Um, he uh, got us the rights to land at Fort Worth Airport and then put it on a truck down here. It was just amazing how many people were involved. So now we're going to do a whole video about it. Wow. But who would know that little old me would be able to do that? I mean, so I want people to know that things are possible. You can do things that you don't ever think that you can do. Yeah. Yeah. And Donna, it sounds like that is like you being a super connector, like in action. But talk to me, because I know you said when you went through uh, the program with the Center for Asian Pacific American Women, right, one of your connections with the other women in the program was culturally, right, as AAPIs, we have that notion of like, be quiet. And our parents are kind of drilling that that into us, right? So how were you able to break out of that, be quiet to be someone that can connect with people, whether you're doing it to sell stuff for your company or you're doing it to, you know, do great in the world and and help us understand some of our lost history. Yeah. Well, I think that's something that the U S culture admires, right? It's people who are, are bubbly, who can make friends, who can talk like you, Jason, right? (laughs) Right. So, so uh, I think you have to step out and do that. 
Yeah. Right? And so, so I, I've learned to do that and be comfortable with it. Cause mm. you know, I'm just as happy being in the corner at a reception watching <laughs> everybody else <laughs> having my martini or drink. Yeah. <laughs> you know, rather than thinking that, Oh my God, it's a huge buffet out there. I can meet all these people. Uh, but I know there are people like that. Um, but I'd like to single out a couple of people and go yeah. deep. Right. Mm. I want to know more about you. I want to know what you like, what you don't like, uh, what you're doing, what projects are you working on? You know, how can I help you out? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like really the power of questions. And I love that you're always being in service of people, right? How can I help, help you out? Um, is, is one of your, your cocktail questions, right? It is. And, you know, it's funny because when I speak at these different conferences, you know, I've learned about myself because they always ask you these questions, right? About yourself. <laughs> and you have to do some reminiscing and go back through all these years to figure out, oh, yeah, I guess I did do that. But, um, you know, that's the opportunity for all of us to pay attention to what's going on. Um, how can we help? And even when I say, here's my number, here's my email, I get maybe one out of 300 people or 800 people that actually connect with me. Mm, so wow. it's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But it tells you uh, when, when someone's generous enough to provide that, like take advantage, right? Yes. Yes. When they provide it, take advantage. If there's something that you heard in the speech or about them that you want to know more about, or they can, or you think they can help you, I think people should reach out. And Donna, how, how is it that you were able to, to live your dream? Well, that's very interesting. How was I able to live my dream? Oh man. I say I was just out there. You know, I had to be the butterfly or the bumblebee going from one plant to another. I was going from one person to another. Yeah. 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 Learning and doing and then deciding what I wanted to do. My, my parents were um, very cool with me doing yeah. what I what I wanted to do. Yeah. Now, Donna, people ask me about getting a mentor all of the time. So it sounds like you have had this amazing kind of multi-year relationship with your mentor, Bob. Tell us a little bit about him and your relationship. And how did you even get him as a mentor in the first place? Well, that's a good question because I never asked him, right? People nowadays <laughs> will ask you, "Can you? will you mentor me? Yeah. And I think, oh, gosh, what does that mean? Right. But uh, with Bob, when I first met him, I didn't like him. Right. You have to know um, he was from up north. I'm from the south. Right. Uh, he was kind of abrupt, you know, and I wasn't. Uh, so over the years, though, our personalities have changed. Right. He's gotten nicer and I've gotten meaner. <laughs> but but we did find a way to, to become very good friends. Donna, I know we're we're coming to the end of our time, but I have a couple of fun questions since we've been talking okay. all about ta talking all about you as a brand. Tell me, what is your favorite brand as a consumer? What brand can't you live without? Oh my gosh, it would have to be Secret, S E A C R E T. Yeah, tell us and about it. It's a body butter, and <laughs> right. I look so young because of it. <laughs> Everyone look at the picture on, on iTunes. <laughs> I, I put it all over my face and my neck and I, I just, in my hands and I just can't believe what it's done for me. So that's my favorite brand. Yay. Yeah. And now if Donna, Donna Fujimoto Cole was a car, what type of car would you be? Oh my goodness. I would have to be the biggest Hummer ever. <laughs> 
Right. Have you ever seen a Hummer limo? Yes, they're out of okay. control, like bigger than that. <laughs> a Hummer, yes, I'd be a Hummer limo because I'd want all these people to come visit me. I'd want to go over all kinds of terrain through water, etc. Oh, I love that. I love that. And then finally, Donna, what's the best career advice you'd like to pass on to our listeners? Well, I would be how to be true to yourself. That's the mm. best advice I could give is because you could live somebody else's dream in life, but you're not going to be happy. Mm. You know, I hear so many uh, kids whose parents tell them they want to be them to be doctors or lawyers. And then they bring back the dil- diploma and say, this is yours. Ooh. Now I got to go do what I want to do. Mm. Right. So I'm proud of these kids because some of them are willing to do that today. Yeah. In the past, we weren't willing to do that. Yeah. Well, Donna Fujimoto Cole, it was so great connecting with you. Thank you for, uh, for, for helping people. Thank you for being a connector and thank you for not saying no to being on the podcast. It was so great talking. Oh, that, that's not in my vocabulary. You know that now. <laughs> oh, I love you, Jason. Thank you so much. Thank you, Donna. I love you too. And we'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Wow, what an amazing conversation with Donna Fujimoto Cole, the president and CEO of Cole Chemical and Distributing Inc. You know, Donna has so many great stories and it's so inspirational to hear about someone starting out as an entrepreneur way back when all of the odds felt like they were against her. But you know what really stands out to me from my conversation with Donna? It is all about her being a relationship manager. She is all about her connections and she is all about having that deep quality of relationship. Now, whether or not you are an extrovert, you must manage relationships. At the end of the day, a brand is about relationships. Remember, all of those brands you love You love those brands because of the relationship you have with them. Nobody loves a brand because they think they have a great logo or a great TV commercial. No, we love all of those consumer-facing brands because of the way that they make us feel when we consume them and we have experiences with them because we have relationships with them. So remember, your brand has to be all about the relationships and the experiences you create for others. So ask your yourself, what can you do this week as we sort of head back into the fall and get that back-to-school mindset in tow? What is it that you can do to reach out and really focus on building relationships? And I'm not just talking about new ones. Who are some folks that you haven't been in contact with over the past couple of months? Remember, in your career, most of us are working for big corporations. You're in that final stretch for 2022. Who do you need to reach out to, to make sure that they're having an amazing experience with you that will end up capping off their 
brand image of you in 2022. Well, that's our show for today. If you love today's show, make sure you are following us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll make sure to provide you an amazing brand new episode every single Tuesday. Check me out throughout the week on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms, and especially check me out on LinkedIn, where I share tons of tips and tricks to help you lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. And most important of all, Don't be a boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure you are that authentic, true you and a super premium brand like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.